Because portions of this true story may be frightening for younger listeners, we recommend parents listen first before sharing with their children. From Hoosier One, this is Kidnapped, a God Story. Episode One, I Met a Man. If Andy and Opie and Aunt B were to paint their home in South Florida pastels, and if they were to plant live oaks and palm trees along the edge of their perfectly manicured lawn, it'd be nearly impossible to tell the difference between Mayberry, North Carolina, and Coral Gables, Florida. Chris Carrier hasn't been back here for years, but drive him down Alito Avenue in Coral Gables, and that is what he sees. Here was the house we lived in, 719 Alito. He sees Mayberry, repurposed as Miami suburb. Growing up in this neighborhood, this was our domain. Every aspect of this neighborhood seemed to be our playground. Everything was adventurous. You'd always see kids riding bikes and playing together. And it was just, you know, looking looking back, I think this would have been a place I would have loved to raise a family. Chris Carrier is now 56 years old. Boy, that tree wasn't even two inches around back in the day. But driving down Alito Avenue, he sounds as if he's in fifth grade all over again. We knew the Watsons and the Mayvilles and the Strausses and, of course, the mean lady. Never knew her name. She didn't give us the chance. In 1974, Chris Carrier was 10 years old. He liked football. He hated math. He had two parents, two siblings, and a Yorkshire Terrier named Killer. He was, in every way, extraordinarily ordinary. There was so much safety and security in our life. Dad was a consummate father family man, husband to my, to my mom, hardworking lawyer. Mom was a stay-at-home mom, um, older brother, younger sister, uh, had lots of friends and, and grandparents and aunts and uncles all in the same uh, town. And so it was very ideal, very Norman Rockwell, if you will, for the 1970s. These are the good things Chris Carrier remembers about growing up in Coral Gables, Florida. He remembers the good things because that's all there was until the Friday before Christmas, 1974. It was just a wonderful, a wonderful childhood. It really was until <laughs> that day. For Chris Carrier, there will always be what came before and what came after December 20th, 1974. And in between the before and the after, there is that day. It was a Friday, the last school day of the week, but more importantly, the last day of the semester before the Christmas break. And so uh, the folks that were on the bus were fewer than normal. And when we got to our stop, when I got off the bus, I had my bag of different things from school. I was walking home thinking about Christmas. 
when uh, here was this gentleman coming at me from the opposite direction and he stopped me and he said, hey, aren't you Hugh Carrier's son? Today, most people would know to be suspicious of a strange man striking up a conversation with a 10-year-old boy. But this was 1974, and this was Coral Gables, Florida. And even though Chris knew nothing about this man, this man seemed to know a lot of things about Chris. He said, how's your mother doing? And he called her by what we consider a family nickname of Noni. How's Noni? And I said, yeah, doing fine, sir. And and of course, back in the 70s, a different time than, than right now, the fact that he could r recognize me for my father's resemblance, the fact that he knew my mother's nickname, uh, put him in a, uh, I guess, a circle of trust. And so it was just intrinsic for me to say, oh, he's, he's safe. And there were no red flags or warnings for me at all. The man introduced himself as Chuck. He said he was planning a party for Chris's father. And when he asked if Chris would come help with the decorations, Chris politely, respectfully responded, yes, sir. We ended up turning back around from where we were. And we were, gosh, two houses away from my own. We left Alito and walked around the corner and then down the street and across to the Coral Gables Youth Center. And when we got over to the parking lot at the Youth Center, he uh, had an RV, a little motorhome. And so he walked me to the side door, opened the side door, and uh, helped me get up in. I put my things down in the seat behind the door, hopped in the passenger seat, and figured we must be going downtown, you know, because everybody that's an adult, I guess, works downtown. They were not, however, going downtown. They left Coral Gables and drove north, past Miami International Airport. They passed Hialeah, Opalaka, Miramar. Then they turned west, towards the Everglades. Once we had left town, once we had left uh, all of the districts, so to speak, and we're out in the middle of nowhere, he pulled over on the side of the road and told me, he said, I think I've missed a turn. And handed me a map and said, hey, look for this highway or route number, and I've got to get something in the back of the motorhome. And so he got up and walked through the middle of the motorhome into the back, and I, of course, sat there like, you know, a kid looking for a puzzle. The next thing I knew, I felt a quick sting in my left shoulder. And then it happened again. And next thing I know, as I'm looking over my shoulder here, I, I see this gentleman uh, standing behind me holding an ice pick. On the next episode of Kidnapped, A God Story. Somewhere along the way, there must have been this. There has to be a way that's quicker and less painful for the both of us. Chris's kidnapper comes up with a plan B. Let's go to the, the Everglades or out into the, the wilderness 
and nobody needs to know. A terrifying road trip with a violent end. He pointed at the tree, said, why don't you sit down over there by the tree? Pulled the trigger. And that was the last thing I remember. That's on the next episode of Kidnapped, A God Story. Episode 2 of Kidnapped, A God Story drops in two days. But if you don't want to wait, you can listen to all the episodes now and check out photos, videos, and other bonus material at whosyourone.com slash kidnapped.